here today, God. In your mercy, we are here. Because of your love, we've been redeemed and saved. We are a child of God because of you, Lord. God, my life belongs to you, purchased by your blood. So, God, we all bow before you and say, have your way with us, Lord. May your will be done today in our study, in your word. And we ask for your Holy Spirit to touch this time now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Aloha, everybody. We're going to get right into the word. So if you can open your Bibles up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 for our study today. And as a reminder, we will be partaking in communion immediately at the end of this message. So if you have received your prepackaged cups, that's great. If you haven't, you can go and grab some right at the entrance of the door. And I'll instruct you on that as we uh, partake and move into our time of communion. Hey, I heard this joke. I'm preparing you so you can laugh. Anyway, <laughs> what happened when the cannibal on a remote island bit off the missionary's ear? Well, he got his first taste of Christianity. <laughs> I like that one. The thing is, we are all called to share Jesus and be missionaries, to share Jesus right where we're at. Vance Hafner said, The gospel is not a secret to be hoarded, but a story to be heralded. I like that. I love that. For, for think about this. Why doesn't God just bring us all home to eternity already, right? Once we're saved, might as well go home, be with him. Well, there's several reasons, but I believe the most important is that you and me share the gospel. We're here for that purpose, to share Jesus Christ. See, God didn't give you another day in your life because you need it, but he gave it because someone out there needs you to share Jesus. Well, as we continue in our study in 1 Thessalonians, Paul shares what his visit to Thessalonica was all about. Paul and his missionary team came specifically there for nothing else but for God and the gospel. And that's the title of our message this morning. For God and the gospel. We're going to be studying 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 from verse 1 through 6 this morning. And our outline is this. Three things. Number one, all in. Number two, all true. And number three, all real. So that's what we're going to be covering in our passage. So, for God and the gospel, our title. Let's go to number one in our outline. All in. All in. We're going to take a look here on 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to cover verses 1 and 2 this morning. So take a look with me here with these two verses. It says, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So Paul begins here, and he writes here in verse 1, For you yourselves know. In other, other words, God, God, you, uh, guys, you guys know. You guys know what happened when we came to visit the city there. Think back, he's saying. You guys know. And he says in verse 1, it, Our coming to you was not in vain. The word vain means empty. It wasn't, it wasn't like, like nothing happened. It wasn't like futile. I like what the NLT translates it. It says, our visit to you was not a failure. 
No, we know that, right? The lives of the Thessalonians were forever affected when Paul and his missionary team came to that city. And we talked about that, didn't we? Last week and a week before, we've been seeing in the first chapter how Paul listed and thanked God for who would they become in Jesus Christ. Last time we saw the title was The Proof of Life, right? Which showed, he listed how their lives are changed and when they heard the gospel and received Jesus Christ. And so you can say, remember last week, they were all on fire for Jesus. They were excited for Jesus. They had that, that, that focus and that, all that, that fervor about Jesus Christ. Remember we talked about that. So you can say when, when the team first came, there was no believers. But when they left, a church was born. And I think about how powerful the gospel, the word of God is. In Isaiah 55, 11, the Lord speaking says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amen? That's God's word. This is the power of God's word. And it is the power of the gospel that Paul's been talking about and how their lives, the Thessalonians, how their lives were changed. So Paul's like, you know, when we came, it wasn't like nothing happened, right? Then Paul goes on in verse 2. He says, but though we had already suffered and have been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know... You guys know, you guys know what happened. That before they came to the city of Thessalonica, they were in Philippi. And back in Acts 2, it tells how Paul and Silas, they were unjustly beaten, thrown in prison, right? For their faith, remember all the things that happened. I mean, God was moving, people were believing, but then uh, some people grabbed them, didn't like what they were doing, they were humiliated, they were mistreated for sharing the gospel. So the Thessalonians know what happened to Paul and Silas, the missionary team but you know what they did not back down they did not back down at all verse 2 he says as you know we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict so from Philippi after all that happened they went to Thessalonica the next city where these Thessalonians are and they still preach God with a boldness in God they declared the gospel of God they shared Jesus Christ and we know and I've been explaining to you in Acts 17 right the team came into much conflict the, these Jews didn't, that didn't like what Paul and his team were doing, they hired some guys to incite a mob to go around pulling down statues and things. No, but you know, can, you can imagine what they did to incite a mob, and they had to escape by night with their lives. So Paul's saying, look, it wasn't an easy start in Philippi, it wasn't an easy start in Thessalonica, but we continue to preach the word of God, we continue to preach the gospel. Now, just to explain what's happening in chapter 2 here, it seems that when Paul and his team left the city of Thessalonica, these Jews swooped in behind them, slandered Paul, slandered the team, and accused them of being frauds, accused them of being like just like these traveling speakers that would come through different towns. And, and, and so they're saying, yeah, they just came to take advantage to you guys. So... Paul writes here in chapter 2 in this next section to show that what happened here in Thessalonica, when they were there, it wasn't 
fraud. It wasn't a failure. It wasn't just because they, see, they escaped in the middle of the night because they were getting caught. Maybe these rumors were saying. But it was none of that. But Paul's saying, you guys know, it was a real move of God. And that's why Paul and his team, they did not back down, and they do not back down even with opposition. They're totally committed to preach the gospel, to share the gospel, no matter what. They are all in. That's our heading, all in. So here's what Paul is saying. No matter what the affliction or opposition, we're all in for sharing the gospel of Jesus. No matter what affliction or opposition, we're all in for sharing the gospel of Jesus. You know, before this whole COVID-19 pandemic, it, it seemed like, you know, nothing would cancel certain sports competitions, right? I mean, those of you guys played in sports, it's like, hey, you know, I, 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 I swam and there'll be lightning and everything. They're like, no, you're still swimming. You're still, you know, kind of thing. Um, I know when my daughter uh, was paddling for Kinke Kalinke for the, um, at the regattas, right? I mean, whether rain or shine, wind or storms, even with, I remember one time we were at this regatta in Kalui Harbor, and there was a big north swell, and the, it, it, the, the swell was, was spilling into the harbor, and canoes were going hooling and everything, but no, the regatta still goes on. It went on. The coaches had all the kids committed to be all in, to compete no matter what. Well, that's like Paul and his team here. Nothing could stop them from sharing Jesus Christ. They were all in. And you know what? This should be the same thing for you and I this morning. I believe God is calling us today, like a coach, to share Jesus no matter the affliction, no matter the attacks, no matter the opposition. I mean, think about this. How easy is it for you to quit? How easy is it for you to stop and not share? Does it just take a little thing? Listen, the Great Commission, remember, is for us to share the gospel to the world, is not given as an option to be considered, but it's given as a command to be followed. At the end of Matthew, at the end of Mark, at the end of Luke, when God gave the commission for us to share the gospel, it was a command for us to do. We know, don't we, the power of the gospel. We know that it changes lives. And you know, we should not be ashamed of it. We should say like Paul in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. And listen, God did not save you just to be saved and then you just go on with your life. God didn't save us that we would be the only ones to be saved even. I like what J.C. Ryle once said, No candle which God lights was ever meant to burn alone. Isn't that good? And even if the results of our sharing is not seen, we don't decide to share Jesus based on what we see, right? We share Jesus, you know why? Because we're sent. That's why. We do what we are called to do for God and the gospel. Well, let's go on to number two. All true, all true. For God in the gospel, there Paul and his missionary team, no matter what happened, they were all in. Well, now we come to number two, all true. We're going to take a look here in the next two verses, and this is our next section, verse 3 and 4. And look at this with me. It says, 
For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. And we'll stop there. So now Paul confirms what, what they know. So you guys know this, that the, these missionaries, they came to appeal. The word there means to urgently cry out. So they're, they're, they're with their whole heart and soul are crying out that when they came into that city for the Thessalonians to be saved. And he's saying, you know what? All that, our appeal, it did not spring from error. And the word error, there's talking about what they were saying did not originate from some false doctrine or some false teaching. But everything they shared was the truth of God. It was about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, how he died on a cross for our sins, how he raised again from the dead so we can have salvation and eternal life. All that was the truth of God in what Jesus did. But then he adds here, he says, or their appeal did not spring from uh, error or impurity. Now, the word impurity really speaks of your motives, like impure motives. And as I mentioned, many traveling speakers would come through, and, and really uh, a lot of commentators were, were tying this to like how they would come through and wanting like sexual favors, sexual immorality, or monetary favors. They wanted things given to them. But Paul says, not us, not Paul, not, not them. They did nothing. They, they were up front and Everything that they, they did, they did not attempt to deceive, he says here. They didn't try and fool any, anyone about this. They weren't doing what the Jews were accusing them of doing here. They came to Thessalonica not seeking anything for themselves. They came only, you know what, to be messengers of God, to bring the gospel. And then he says here that in verse 5, just, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. They came as those messengers. They came chosen by God, approved of him, given by God to be this messenger, called by God to be entrusted with the gospel. So as messengers of God, Paul and his team came to share the gospel. And it was not for themselves. It was not like he says here in verse 4, to please man. It wasn't to please people and to, to make them uh, man to like you or anything like that. No, but it was to please God, to glorify Him, to bless Him. And then he says here in verse 4 at the end, Who tests our hearts? In other words, God examines our hearts. God, He tests our hearts. He sees the motives of our hearts. And so Paul says, you know us. And, and know that God sees our hearts. We preach the true word we preach with a true heart. Warren Wearsby in his commentary said, it is possible to preach the right message with the wrong motives. And it's true. It's true. People can do that. But Paul's saying, that was not us. That's not us. He brought to them the complete package. He brought to them the true word with a true heart. He preached both those things completely, everything was all true. That's our heading. So here's what Paul is saying. This is our point. Nothing was done for any personal gain, but as true messengers of the truth, it was all shared for God's glory. So you see what Paul is saying here. 
Nothing was done for any personal gain, but we are true messengers with a true heart and messengers of the truth of the gospel of God, and it was all shared for God's glory. It was for God and for the gospel. I read about a young pastor. He had taken over a large congregation, and he was asked how he was going to handle this position with such little experience. They had asked him, it must be hard. What are you going to do to please so many people with so many opinions? You know what his reply was? I have not come here to please 1,000 people. I have come to only please one, Jesus Christ. And that's what it's about, you guys. It's not about us. Even in sharing the gospel, even in sharing our faith, it's not to lift ourselves up. It's not about us. This is like Paul's point. Nothing was shared for my own gain, he's saying. I shared the gospel for God and his glory. Listen, you and I, as I mentioned, we are messengers of God. We've been called to bring the gospel to others around us. We are called to share his message and not our own. Not to puff ourselves up, but to glorify Jesus in what he's done. Not to make ourselves look good or to find some personal gain in it. That's not what it's about. It is kingdom work for God's kingdom and for his glory. And God is calling us to do that very thing as we shine, not our light, but his light, his truth. You know what? When are we going to really get it together, you guys? When are we going to really stop making it about ourselves, but be the one and make it about the, uh, Jesus and make it about him? Just going to church, yeah, you know, sometimes we get into that routine. Just going to church is not going to change the world, you guys. The only way you will change the world is by being and doing what God has you here for. And that's what we got to remember. This is important. Listen, we live in a time where a lot of crazy things are happening, isn't it? It seems like our, our society, our nation is falling apart. I mean, there's still a lot of unknown and unprecedented things with this COVID pandemic. But I'll tell you, rather than being in fear of it, understand this is the opportunity right now to get ourselves together and to make it about sharing Jesus Christ with those around you. I mean, think about this. When God returns, and I believe God is returning soon. I believe all of this is a setup for his return. And, and I believe we don't know what's around the corner. I mean, my prayer is things will calm down and we'll kind of get back to sort of normal. But we don't know. But what I do know is all this is setting up for Christ's return. And when he returns, will God see you sharing the truth? Will God find you shining the light before it comes? Will he be pleased, glorified, or will you only live to please yourself? Listen, God has saved you. God has made you. God has created you. God has saved and, and sent you with a mission, right? To, to go bring the message and change someone's life by sharing Jesus. So listen to me. God has given you this life. Let's not waste it. By spending it all on ourselves. You know, I had another church where I was on staff. Um, over the, the exit doors, there was a sign up there. And so as you left the building, as you left the, uh, the building at the end of the service, above the exit doors was this sign. And you know what the sign read? It said, you are now entering the mission field. 
And I love that thought. This should be our thinking from now on. This world is getting worse and worse, and we need to step up. We need to gear up. We need to shine that light for Jesus and stop living, doing things for yourself, but truly live for God and the gospel. Let's go on to number three now, all real. All real. We've seen all in. They were all in. And everything that they shared and even the motive of their heart was all true. And now number three, all real. And this is the last two verses we're going to see this morning, verse five and six. And look at it with me here. It says, For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles. That's the last last verse we're going to be looking at this morning. Okay, so Paul continues on here with how you Thessalonians, you know now, you know, our team, we didn't come with words of flattery, like saying things to just win people over, like with compliments and saying nice things. Nor, he says, was it a pretext for greed, In other words, they were not pretending to say nice things just to get your money. That's not what we were doing, Paul's saying. And God is our witness. In other words, God knows. God knows it's not true. And you guys know our heart. Nor did the team, it says in verse 6, did we see glory from people. They weren't out for puffing themselves up and building themselves up or, or other, other towns. and other, That's not what they were about. The preaching of the gospel, Paul was saying, was not some fake concern to like line their pockets and feed their pride. Paul, he's saying, you know, if we really wanted to, we could have, at the end of verse 6, made demands as apostles of Christ. I mean, they could assert their spiritual authority and their position But they didn't do that, and they didn't want to be about that. What they did was real, not fake. They were seeking the good of these Thessalonians here. That's what Paul is saying here. J. Edward Sanders once said, Nothing is wrong in seeking great things, but it is wrong to seek great things for yourself. And that's not Paul. What Paul did was real. There was no manipulation behind it. It was a real love. It was a real care. It was a real concern for the people there. And next time we're going to get into the next section, and that's what really flows out is the, his, really, his real love and concern about them. Everything they did was all real. That's our heading. They really cared for their souls. They really cared about that they would be saved and have eternal life. They really cared that they would be forgiven, that they would come to Jesus and find that salvation. They were all real in this. It was nothing like what these other Jews were accusing them about. So our last point is this. There's nothing fake or no hidden agenda, but only to give the life-changing gospel. That's what they are about. They're real about this. There's nothing fake, no hidden agenda, but only to give the life-changing gospel. Most of us probably already have uh, received our stimulus check, right? Um, but did you know during that time and even now, the U.S. Treasury Department has issued a warning of scammers trying to call you or give you fake calls and fake emails and messages 
They claim to be the IRS, these scammers say, and they, they tell you that, well, you have an outstanding tax bill, so uh, you're not going to be getting your stimulus check until you clear that up. And so they say, well, but you can pay it. Just, just pay it, and then you'll get your stimulus check. But they, what they do is they have you pay via, like, PayPal or send in this gift card. And, you know, the IRS said, we're never going to say anything like that. And, of course, that could be all a red flag, right? But think about these. Think about this. These scammers, they seem to care for you. They seem to want to help you get your stimulus check. So let us help you. But there's a hidden agenda, isn't there? They want to just steal your money. Well, Paul's saying, that's not what we're doing. That's not what these, these Jews are accusing us of. No, my team and I, we're not doing some gospel scam. But we're real about this. We're preaching, we're teaching, we're sharing about the life-changing gospel. That's what we're offering. We're real about that. Look, you and I, we have something to share, don't we? It's real. This life-changing truth of Jesus. God has come into our lives. God is, I mean, look at where you are today, right? Look at the blessings. Look at how you've been forgiven and freed from the bondage of sin. Look how you have this relationship with God God, and the, the, the assurance of going to heaven in eternity when we pass from this life. Think about that. God has done so much, and it's true, it's real, and we have that life-changing truth to Jesus. So we, we need to share that. We don't, we don't need to manipulate people and try and get people to like us or anything. No, we need to just have a real concern for a person's eternity. A real concern to, that God would heal their hurt, that they would be freed from the bondage. Listen, if Jesus is in your life, you cannot be unconcerned for the salvation of others. You cannot. Why? Not only did God do that in your life, but it's God's heart. And if God is in you, then you, you're going to have that heart and concern. Think about this. David Livingston said, God had only one son, and he was a missionary. I love that thought. God is the author of missions. God is the God of missions. God wills missions and he commands missions. He made you and I for missions to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we need to be concerned about missions, about sharing the gospel, sharing Jesus, because this is God's heart. We need to have a real concern with the real heart. Now I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, well, I want to, Pastor Rick, but I don't know how to. And I don't want to just go out there and be fake. I want to be real. Yeah, I want to be real. Well, I say this. You know what? Start where you are. Use what you know. Do whatever you can. You don't have to be some great evangelist, yeah? Some Pastor Greg Gloria, Billy Graham. Just be you and what God has done in your life. Start where you are. Use what you know. Do whatever you can. Just be who God has made you to be, even today. And share Jesus. Share what he's done in your life. Oh, I'm not sure. You can. 
Because God is calling us. And this is his heart. And understand this. Remember the saying? God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. He's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the words. You just be you and share honestly and be real about what Jesus has done in your life. God is calling you and me to share our faith and not just what you've been doing, but even more. And let me say this, no matter how you came to Jesus, because maybe you're thinking, well, I don't have that big testimony that I hear. And, you, you know, I, I, I grew up in the church or, you know, I wasn't super bad or anything. But you know what? We all have a tes- testimony. You have a testimony because Jesus has changed your life. Because Jesus has come in and forgiven you. And he keeps changing you, right? Jesus is doing something every day, every week. He's speaking to us. He's moving upon us. He's, he's telling us this. I mean, no matter where you're at, you have a testimony, whether from the past or in the present. Share that. And sharing that is still being a light toward the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about it this way. I mean, as God is growing you and as God is changing you from your past life and making you more into a new creation. Think about it this way. God wants to use your story by surrounding you with people who need to hear about your past. You know why? So it doesn't become their future. Just share the Lord. Don't be shamed, but glorify God. Don't make it about, oh, I I don't know. I don't know if I can. Then you're making it about you, right? If you start thinking, oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm kind of shy. I'm kind of shamed. But then, Hey, you're making it about you again. No, God has sent you. God has commanded you. God is calling you. So step out and just do it. That's what it's about, you guys. Your story, no matter if it's from the past or what God is doing today, is how God shines through you, His truth, into the darkness of this world today. So share Jesus. Share Jesus, you guys. I'll tell you, this week, God's been showing me how much of my daily life is about me. I mean, I've been convicted, you know, about how much it's centered on how I feel or what I want or where I am or who pleases me. It's all like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, you're opening my eyes to how much it's more about me. And God is telling me it needs to stop. It quenches the fire of God. It grieves the spirit. And you know what? It makes me ineffective where the gospel should be powerful, right? It's not about us or what we can do. We don't save anybody. God saves people. It's the truth of God that is powerful, not us or even how we say it. It's the word of God that will bring about the change. So let's get back to preaching across what Jesus has done for you, for me, for anyone who would give their life to him. Because you know what? If you don't do this, if you just keep making about, oh, I don't know me, you know, of centering your life around you, you know what's going to happen? You will grow spiritually weak and spiritually stale. A.W. Pink said this, if a church does not evangelize, it will fossilize. I'll close with this. There's told of a church in Dallas, Texas, and they, when it began they, began, they were on fire. They were reaching people for Jesus. They were going out. Everything they did was for Jesus and for the gospel. 
Many people were saved. The church grew to like 700 people. God gave them a new building. And, and along with the, the church name on the side of the building, they put a sign up and it said, in, in dedication to, to the Lord, it said, Jesus only. Well, years went by, the church started to be more focused inward, thinking of themselves, thinking of the people, more social gathering than reaching the lost. And the church began to go down. And so did the property. No one really cared about the property. So a vine began to grow in front of the sign. It covered the sign that said Jesus only. It covered the J-E-S. And all you could read now is us only. And here's the thing. No one even noticed it anymore. Perhaps until today you haven't noticed that your once fire for Jesus is gone, and maybe your sign says, us only. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you've turned inward and it's about me only now. Maybe you've forgotten that there's people all around us who are dying and head, heading for eternity in darkness and hell. But you guys, we have the answer. We have the good news. Jesus Christ loves you and died on a cross, rose again, and now we have a new life in him. This is life-changing truth. I don't know about you, but I'm convicted in our passage here. I'm convicted about doing more and not just be so focused on me and my life anymore. I know what God is calling me to do. What is he calling you to do? Let's do that together. Let's live now for God and the gospel. Let's pray. Lord God, as we bow our heads, Lord, renew our minds Lord, with the word that you've spoken to us this morning, refresh our hearts, Lord, restore us to you again, and cleanse us by your blood. Even now as we move into this time of communion, Lord, God, we remember what you've done on dying on the cross for our sins, Lord, and we honor you right now, Lord, with this. As we grab our elements here, Lord, we do this in remembrance of you, We do this in honoring you. And God, we ask, Lord, that through this time of communion, you would refresh, restore, and renew us right now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.